Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, and today I wanted to spend some time talking about weight bias. I believe it's also known as weight stigma. I have had patients that I've seen that have talked to me a lot about weight stigma in healthcare, whether that be, um, you know, not having scales that are big enough or their fear of being weighed or um, feeling like the chairs that they may see it, sit in are not, they're scared to sit because they feel like something is going to happen to it or maybe the blood pressure cuff isn't big enough. I have heard weight bias when it comes to sitting in an airplane seat and not feeling like you know, having that fear that like, oh my gosh, I may not fit into this seat and um, I may not be able to secure the seatbelt. I have heard weight bias in lots of different things throughout my years of being a dietitian. So I wanted to talk about this today because I think we're probably all guilty of having a weight bias, whether we have a weight bias against ourselves or whether we have it towards other people. I think it's probably very prevalent and um, so I wanted to talk about it because why not, right? I think it's something we all do and, and try to really talk about what it is and then really start to talk about at the end, some of the solutions and some of that we'll also talk about different lingo so that we can really start to, um, de-stigmatize this idea of weight bias. And the wording is really important in this. Before we start the episode, I'm so excited to share with you that I have a new freebie. If you ever go to my website and you're trying to get my freebie, I think that damn thing never works. So I created a new freebie and it's called five ways to take control of your health for women over 40. The goal of the freebie is to be preventative. So things you do now that, you know, that probably tie into like the whole health kind of model that can help you get to a place that if you can do some of these small changes over time, you get to a place that you're making big gains when it comes to your health. So if you go to the show notes in this podcast episode, you can click on the click on the link and paste it into your browser and you can get that freebie. And so please do it. I think it's great. And let me know. I think it's really good. I've been working on it for a long time. Um, but certainly give me any feedback that you have. I'm always so appreciative of getting that. Okay, so let's talk about weight bias now. Let's kind of get into this idea. So the, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about this um, topic today was that I think as most of you know, I have a son, he's five. And so one weekend, a couple weekends ago, I was doing something and I have this little book. He wasn't there with me. He was, he was with his dad and I had this book and in the back of the book, it's like my idea book. In the back of the book, I just happened to flip it over and it was written in my little man's handwriting and it said, mommy is fat. And so first of all, I was like, holy shit. I was so surprised to see it. And then it was so interesting because then he like tried to like cross out like the F. And so I was really taken aback by it. I think first that he wrote that. And second, I think I was so surprised because I felt like Gosh, we talk about so much stuff. Like I really try to 
have, and in his dad, we as parents try to have a very, um, we talk about, you know, we try to really just like talk about people and how people are different, but they're great. And I, it never even occurred to me, honestly, to even talk about weight. I think when I've talked about differences, I've talked about, and, and his dad has talked about outward differences. And I don't think either of us had ever addressed this idea of weight stigma or weight bias in any way with this kid. And I think I was so shocked that he wrote it and that he felt that way. And that also he's five. I think I was just so shocked by the whole thing. And so I started thinking about this idea of weight bias because A, I think I was so shocked. And then I started thinking about my own weight bias and I started to just think about some of the things that my patients have been through too. And so I know that this is a topic that if you haven't been personally affected by it, I know that, you know, somebody in your life has, and it's devastating the consequences. So that's why I wanted to talk about this today. So just kind of like naming it, identifying it, and maybe there's some solutions that may be beneficial to kind of help destigmatize. Um, how we talk about people in larger bodies. And at the beginning, I may get some of this terminology wrong because I still am learning it too. So please forgive me now. (laughs) So I think one of the things that really stood out to me with that, with that expression with my son is when I, when I did finally talk to him, so him and his dad, him and me and his dad, we talked about it together. And then I talked to my son about it. But and he was really embarrassed, like he was trying to hide his face so that I couldn't, I think he just didn't want to have that conversation because it's, you know, who wants to have that conversation with their mom, even at five. And so there was this, there was this part of it that it was like, somehow it's bad to be fat as he called me. And I think that was really the moment that really stuck out to me. And so I started, and we're going to talk briefly about this, kind of going through some parenting magazines of like, how do you talk about this? How do you talk about this to your kids? And then how do you talk about it? You know, I went on to other resources, not parenting, and really started to think about like, you know, what do we do for ourselves so that if your kids are grown or you don't have any kids, like what do you do so that you're able to help with that wording and help kind of, you know, not exacerbate this weight bias and this weight stigma that um, all of us are probably prone to. And this whole episode, like it's not to be any judgment at all, because I think it's a really vulnerable topic. I just wanted to just, you know, really kind of normalize it because I think there are movements out there and I've listed them in the show notes. And one of them, which I'm going to quote, is called Obesity Action Coalition. And the other one is called It's Bigger Than Me. And so what's really interesting about these organizations is they are really trying to, um, they're really trying to not perpetuate this negative stigma. And the way that they're doing it is through like advocacy and just making sure that people um, know and that it's something that as the population is becoming more overweight or obese, there's more people that are going to be in this position to feel either discriminated or to be um, stigmatized when it comes to their weight. 
So when we start talking about this, you know, in terms of like that fat is bad, what I found in these parenting magazines is that these weight stigmas start really early. They start in preschool, which I was shocked about. Again, I'm a naive parent, I think. So my kids right on on right on target. And there was a study in 2015 from the International Journal of Eating Disorders. And what they found is, is that girls in particular, um, by the age of five, they found that 34% of girls are already restricting their eating by age five because they don't want to get fat because what they're seeing or what they're hearing or what they think is that to be fat is somehow bad. So some of the emphasis in these parenting magazines was to really, really talk about how bodies are beautiful and bodies comes in all shapes and sizes. So if you're someone out there like I am and you're teaching your kids about the differences in people, I think it's probably worth um, emphasizing this point too, that that no size is perfect and that... Um, that all sizes and shapes are acceptable and not one is bad and not one is better. I think that's the hardest part, right? Because there is in society this idea that I think most people think that, you know, we've been led to believe that somehow being in a bigger body is bad and being in a smaller body is better. Also, the research showed that despite everything that's out there that kids are influenced by, parents are typically the ones responsible for teaching this idea of normalizing um, or just really this idea of that, that no size is perfect. That responsibility really fell on the parents. And the goal overall is to talk about food and what it does to your body without the emphasis of weight. So making that focus on like health and not being judgmental, that tended to be much more beneficial. And the emphasis on behavior, which is what we do here too. It's like that you're emphasizing these things that are going to probably make you feel better and not really focusing on any any part on the actual weight part of it because what they found is is that parents who emphasized weight which I suspect probably if you're like over 40 and maybe even I, I don't know at what age I feel like parents are a little bit more sensitive to this issue but um you know there there tended to be I feel like when I was growing up and with some of my clients, more of an emphasis on weight. And what they found is that kids whose parents really emphasize weight versus behavior really had much more disordered eating. And they found that the more kids heard about their weight, they, for ones that were, um, you know, had a bigger body at a younger age, they tended to be even heavier as they grew up. And then some kids also ended up having eating disorders. So what you do if you have a young kid in terms of talking about weight and bodies really makes a big difference. So now let's talk about when it comes to adults and let's talk about what is weight bias. Some of the research really supported the idea that weight bias and weight stigma are the same. So I'm using them interchangeably and that could be wrong, but that's what I'm doing. So the, the organization that I mentioned called Obesity Action, they define weight bias as this. 
Weight bias is negative attitudes, negative beliefs and judgments, and stereotypes, and discriminatory acts aimed at individuals simply because of their weight. Weight bias can be overt or subtle and can occur in any setting, including employment, healthcare, education, mass media, relationships with family and friends. Weight bias takes many forms, can be verbal, written, media, online, and more. Weight bias is dehumanizing and damaging. It can cause adverse physical and psychological health outcomes and promotes a social norm that marginalizes people. So again, having this discussion about weight also becomes part of the conversation when you're talking to children about marginalized people in general, which is good for me to know now because I had no idea. So some examples when it comes to weight bias, because I think this is probably really important to talk about, would be that, and again, the examples here are going to vary according to the atmosphere. So perhaps in kids, it may be name calling or teasing or being or bullying kids. Um, it could be that someone's ignoring you or purposely excluding you. And that might not just be kids, that might be like teenagers and adults as well, sad to say. In healthcare, I think this is a really big one. Um, I've seen it in healthcare. I've had patients that have experienced it in healthcare um, that there is this idea that patients that may meet the criteria for obesity are somehow unmotivated or lazy, or maybe they don't have a lot of discipline. I think that's kind of like a bias that's out there. And every healthcare professional is different that I think it's really important for you to feel comfortable with who your, you know, your professional is. But, um, I think in general for some healthcare practitioners or people that go visit healthcare practitioners, they may feel that perhaps the, the physician or the healthcare professional thinks that they don't have control of their health because of their weight. But what happens with this is that some patients may not may avoid getting really much necessary medical treatment because of that feeling of shame or disappointment and it actually may hinder their care so it's a really big issue that probably needs to be talked about and i think there is more em- emphasis when it comes to healthcare weight bias because we know it's something that is that is out there and that's very prevalent so what are some of the consequences of anybody who has felt a weight bias well first we know that the consequences can be long lasting and most of the time these consequences are negative there tends to be, like we just talked about, that there could be less medical care. Um, patients may feel like they don't want to get weighed. They may have that impending dread. I know I've had that sometimes. Um, they may feel like, I just think they may feel like a lot of shame about going to the doctors. And so then they don't go and maybe they will miss if something is wrong. There's a lot of anxiety, depression, maybe low self-esteem or a low feeling of self-acceptance. There could be a decreased confidence. And then also any kind of disordered eating might be a result. When we talk about weight bias, I think it's really important to understand our own weight bias, right? So what are the things that you say about your own body? I think most women probably have said like, I feel fat in this outfit or have asked somebody, do I look fat in this? 
or gosh, I wish I was 20 pounds thinner or 30 pounds thinner, or maybe there's this emphasis on your weight, like, ugh, if only I weighed 50 pounds less. And so even by saying those things, you know, you may not do it in front of your children. Like I don't think that I do it in front of my kid, but then I get on the phone with my friend and I might say that. And so then my kid is listening, right? And so I think it's just really important to just kind of just peripherally just kind of know that Um, because those messages are basically saying that like you would be more beautiful or more accepting or more worthy if you were in a smaller body. It just continues to exacerbate the idea of weight stigma and weight bias. And then I think it's important to also look at what you say about other people's bodies. There's so much there's so much emphasis on bodies, especially in today's culture and diet culture. And there is also this emphasis that thin is more beautiful than a body that is bigger. And so pay attention to that too. Like, what are you saying about your own body? And what are you saying about other people's bodies? Um, Because I think that when we look at other people or we look at those like before and after pictures that somehow there's this idea that like when the person was in a bigger body, somehow they have less, less self-control and somehow they failed. And then all of a sudden when they're in a body that's smaller, everybody wants to know what they've done because somehow they have gotten motivated and become really disciplined and somehow were a success. And so I think it's really important when we talk about this that we have an understanding of what our own weight bias is because I know for most of us, there is a weight bias there. So now let's talk about weight bias. Let's talk about some things that we can do. Like you're sitting here thinking like, oh shit, I'm contributing. Um, I don't mean to be. Sure, none of us mean to be doing it, but I think we're all doing it because I think it's been so normalized. So I'm going to give you three solutions or just three things to let's just really talk about. So first thing would be to acknowledge what things you're saying about, about your weight and then counteracting those claims. So, you know, if you are, which I think probably most people out here listening are starting to get to a place that you may be like, God, I'm so fucking tired. Excuse my French of talking to myself like shit and treating my body like shit. Well, I think this is where you, there has to be some kind of like something, whether it comes to trying to figure out kind of what your weight bias is, whether it is practicing weight neutrality. I did a whole episode on that. There's a lot of information out there about body positivity, and this is just basically like treating your body neutrally. excuse me. And I think that's a much easier way to go, especially if you're having a lot of body, um, a lot of body shame. Also, I would say with any of these things to really find someone that you trust, a healthcare professional that you trust, maybe even a mental health therapist, um, some kind of health professional or mental health professional that can help you through this. If you really feel like you're having and you're in a really bad place that you're unable to even talk kindly to yourself because they can probably talk you through it and, and maybe even counteract some of the things that you're telling yourself. So having this idea of talking to yourself kindly, maybe something that is really uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable to do at the beginning. And if you're really struggling with that, then really just seek out the help of someone that can help you through that. Um, 
because I think sometimes with our bodies as women, we kind of punish ourselves. And so there is this, there is a, like, I think we use this idea that we're punishing ourselves by the words that we say, we weaponize these words. And then it's very hard to counteract those things. And it's very hard to practice self-compassion when you're in a place that you um, are weaponizing your body. And I think working with a mental health professional can really start to help decrease any of those feelings of blame or shame that you may have in regards to your body. And maybe even you have some um, weight bias that you're not even aware of. So I think that when it comes to weight bias, there is a lot of blame and shame in there. I think there's a lot of blame of like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And how is this, you know, this is my weight or how is this my body or whatever. And I think there's a lot of shame that comes with that too. The shame within yourself, the shame that other people may make you feel and just society in general. And I think that this is like, I've heard so many people, I remember I had a, a a woman that I was seeing when I, back in the day when I was doing weight management and we had people on these low calorie diets and I had this woman who really wanted this job and she had gone in for a job interview. And I remember her coming back to me later and being like, oh, they're not going to hire me. And she didn't get hired and, and she believed that it was related to her weight. So really just trying to figure out like kind of where you stand with your own, um, acknowledgement of your own weight and the things that you're saying, especially if you have little kiddos around and then also what your bias is towards other people. Cause most of those things are going to kind of go together. And I'm guessing that if you're unhappy with your weight, then you're probably going to be more prone to thinking that somebody else that looks thinner is more perfect or better than you are. So just kind of acknowledging and, and exploring that weight bias. Now, the second solution I found really interesting So it is watch your words. So this was very eye-opening to me that the words we use can lead to or contribute to weight stigma or bias. So there's a really great handout in worldobesity.org and that will also be on the show notes. Let me just double check and make sure it's in the show notes. But I really like this pamphlet that they have. Uh... Yeah, I have it in the show notes. And so this is really interesting. So basically what this article was talking about was just really how to talk about obesity um, in terms of what's acceptable. And so this is probably not going to surprise you, but as we move forward, some of the things may surprise you, but basically avoid words that further exacerbate weight stigma. So that would be like, don't say fat, don't say chubby supersize, flabby. They have a whole list of words that they found that should be avoided. And again, some of these are things that like, we all know not to say to other people, but really remembering that we don't say them to ourselves either. Some of the examples of the words and phrases that they use to avoid were again, like chubster, flab, mammoth, large size, and what they what they tell you to do is to have some kind of neutral phrase and use people first language. So what that means is 
is that when you're talking about weight, you're going to talk about it in the same way that you would talk about any other medical condition. So you're putting the person first and not the, not the disease, right? So you're going to say a person with obesity, because you're going to put the person first, not an obese person. So the goal here is to do the, um, the person first and then the medical condition. Cause they say you wouldn't say like in this handout, you wouldn't say like a diabetic man, you would say a man with diabetes or a diabetic woman or a woman with diabetes. And so replacing those words. So another example would be like a child with obesity, they like the with obesity, not an obese child. Because again, they're emphasizing that obesity is a medical, con- is a health condition. So definitely look at that. It's really, it's really cool. And um, again, I think that yes, it is in the show notes. But some of the things they just talk about is just like phrases to avoid. And those phrases are things that are judgmental and that are commonly used when we're talking about obesity. So definitely check that out if that's something that you're interested in. And again, acknowledging the things that you're saying to yourself. So you might not say like, oh, that girl's fat, but then you might be saying it to yourself like, oh, I'm fat. I can't believe this, whatever. And so it all, it's, it's all of it. It's not just about what you're saying or thinking about other people. It's really probably going to really impact what you're saying about yourself. And then lastly is calling out or educating, they like to say calling out or educating, I think sounds nicer, um, educating people about weight bias. I think that there is, I think there's a really subtle like um, weight bias that happens. And unless you're a person who is the receiver of that weight bias, a lot of people may not know. And so as part of this, again, it doesn't have to be like you're calling them out. It's just like educating people what is, you know, what is probably more comfortable. Most people are highly unaware of their own weight bias, let alone the weight bias that they have about other people. And so some of the things like in a healthcare setting, like if you feel like you are going to your doctor and they don't, you don't want to get on a scale because perhaps that scale isn't large enough for you. You don't have to do that. If you don't want to go sit down or take off your gown because there's not a gown that, um, that fits you. Well, then I think you have to say something because why, first of all, are they having stuff that, that wouldn't fit somebody? Right. So, and it's the same thing with scales. I will never forget. We had a woman that came in when I worked at the hospital and, she wouldn't fit on the scale. And so they ended up having to go to like, there was a veterinary school, I think down the street, and they ended up having to weigh this patient on, on, um, on that scale. And I just think like how horrifying that must have been. And when you watch some of these shows on TV that they always have, like my 600 pound life and all that, like, it just is so traumatizing. And I was traumatized by my five-year-old. I, w- I can't imagine the trauma that most of these um, individuals, especially on TV, are feeling. So again, you know, just trying to, if you feel like somebody is saying something to you, just kind of have an idea that you are, that you can educate people that and call them on it because they probably don't even know they're doing it. 
And then I think what's really important too is to just have a community which you feel very supported in and to go to healthcare professionals that really feel like that you are heard and you're not devalued and that don't exacerbate any of those feelings that you have when it comes to your weight bias or that won't, you know, impact your your health, right? And so the overall message of this episode is it's just to kind of have a reminder to all of us that obesity and overweight is a complex issue with many contributors that I think are are very often oversimplified and that I believe that that oversimplification really exacerbates and creates weight bias and facilitates shame and blame on individuals if they're not achieving the health that they think or that other people feel like they should be. And so in talking about this, it's really just this idea of like being aware of it and let's try to figure out ways that we can all work together to help reduce or diminish the problem because it's not you know, somebody that you love is experiencing this weight bias and it may even be you. So let's try to make it better. So definitely go check out those resources in the show notes if you want to be part of this advocacy movement. And also check out my freebie. Again, that's in the show notes, five ways to take control of your health for women over 40. I thank you so much for being so patient with me during this episode. And I'm grateful to have you here. And I will see you guys back here next week. Thanks so much.